Well, hello everyone. Uh, welcome to the latest HR Tech Chat uh, video podcast. Uh, we are super happy today to have with us Josh Rock, who is Talent Acquisition Manager at Nuss Truck Group. Welcome, Josh. Thanks, Brent. Glad to be here. Yeah, yeah. So we've been having a few conversations on the back channels and we and as with so many of these we, we thought you know hey let's do an HR tech chat we, I know you're doing a lot of really interesting stuff uh, you joined a NUS truck group uh, recently um, maybe you could maybe you could start off with you know what is NUS truck group all about what do they do and and what is maybe your philosophy around talent acquisition and and I know you have a couple of initiatives that you've already been able to uh, gain some traction with and love to get into that too definitely definitely you know uh nuts truck group is a you know small uh truck dealership here in uh, minnesota and wisconsin uh we've got about eight locations uh we primarily focus on the mac volvo product lines um selling those products out to um all different types of customers whether it's you know long haul or agriculture um selling heavy duty construction equipment uh, to organizations around the you know the upper midwest uh, but then not only selling those but also servicing them making sure that they can still be out um, doing what they do generating the revenue that their companies wanted you know to take in and then servicing their customers um, nus is uh, like i said family-based uh family-oriented organization it started with bob who's still with the organization he's uh owner and president we've got uh, his two sons Greg and Brad um, helping run the organization below that. And then obviously a foundation of uh, great you know, staff. Um, I joined here, uh, like you said, about two months ago. Um, previous to that, I was with uh, Fairview Health Services, one of the largest healthcare organizations in the state of Minnesota. Um, huge change. I went from a employee base of 36,000 people to 350 people. Oh, wow. So you can imagine the uh, the the change in in speed and barriers and internal culture and politics that went along with that. That that's really interesting. Maybe we could get into that employer culture thing a little bit more right now because as as you were describing this truck group, you know, family owned. Um, I think the um, the father still you know so the founder he's still involved in that. I think it was the two sons that have carried the torch more recently. What what are the differences? Um, this is definitely not apples to apples because we're talking about two different industries and types of uh, staff and everything. But from a super macro meta s standpoint, yeah. what are some of the differences you've seen in player culture with a, a smaller sort of family owned owned organization? You know, uh, a guy like myself who comes from that that very siloed environment um, to, you know, an organization where your hands all over everything. Um, it's, you know, initially getting just immersing yourself into what's going on. Where did things leave off? Where are the successes? Where are the failures? Um, but then also endearing yourself to everyone as a whole. I mean, when you're, when you're that small, um, or as small as we are, um, the smallest things make the biggest impacts, mm -hmm. you know, where, when you're in a big organization, you know, small things aren't even, they're a blip on the radar. They, they're not even noticed half the time. Um, but the smallest thing here can can make a big you know impact or um, you know touch on a variety of people uh, in a in a major way. And so, just navigating that, getting to know all the personalities. I mean, 
Uh, I always go right for the gusto when I go into an organization, meet the 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 biggest leader that I can meet. Usually it's a CEO or president. Um, I did it at Fairview. I did it at NUS, um, you know, connecting with those leaders right away, even though I may not interact with them on a regular basis. Um, you know, but just, you know, going in and saying, hey, part of the family, you know, let's do this. Um, here's my vision. And, you know, when you talked about that a little while ago, um, you know, for me, it's always about engagement. You know, whether it's it's the, the leaders and the staff um, at any organization, but also the candidates, you know, finding a greater way to engage, um, looking at those successes and failures and how we've done that in the past and building upon it. Um, so navigating can be, you know, a variety of ways to go with that. Do you do you would, so a couple of things that that come to mind? So one thing with that, you, you made a great point around, you know, a small organization, small things have a big impact or people notice them and, and it can make a it can go in the uh, what I'm get, gathering from that is it can go in the right direction or the wrong direction, but they can also be stopped yeah. soon. Right. Whereas at a large organization, um, a small action that may not be good goes unnoticed. And yep. so I'm wondering, you know, how much of it is that the small action doesn't affect the large organization versus it may have a far-reaching um, uh, consequence that the large organization just struggles to doesn't has a blind spot just by sheer size. It doesn't know what's happening. Yeah, you know, you know, we we talk about that. Some of the projects that I've worked on recently, you know, it's um, I usually will go in and say, okay, internalize things because in a big organization you may not need certain parts of support, but in a small organization. Like you said, those bigger those ripples can get picked up pretty quickly. Um, in our team, uh, a small change I had to involve not only my IT support person but their leadership, because they wanted to work, you know really concern themselves with the security of our information and our data. Um, you know, and after I showed them what we were doing, um, just a quick conversation, we got that adoption really easily. Yeah. Um, but it it the red flags go up really quickly when you're that small. Um, you know, and so it's just it's it's understanding that and, you know, being able to pivot, um, you know, easily, you know, not taking anything, you know, too grandiose or take offense to anything uh, because you're you're learning their style as you're also making these changes at the same time. Um, and for me, you know, I, I roll with the punches, um, you know, in, in some of these cases, it's like, oh, you know what? Great. I'm not going bull in a china shop like I normally would. You know, I'm going with a little bit more kit gloves until I understand how things are really done in this new organization and, you know, whose uh, hands do I have to shake before I can, you know, move some of these things along. It's it's about uh, it's about agility, you know, mm -hmm. that agility to uh, to to really um, uh, uh, react, respond respond mm -hmm. appropriately and quickly to uh, to a need. I want to go back to engagement because that's uh, you mentioned that being a huge part of your philosophy and in in in, uh, in talent acquisition and in that. I mean, that to me makes a lot of sense, right? You want to be plugged in to the entire organization. So let, let me share with you some of not a being not ever having been a talent acquisition specialist in any way myself. Um, but just from observing it over the course of my career. One of the things that that really strikes me is that a talent acquisition, if you're a talent acquisition, you are like on the, the bleeding edge of the organization. You are a, 
an emissary, if you will, of that employer's culture of you are the the representation. Everything sort of is 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 you know uh, concentrated into you yep. as a representation to that outside external person who may eventually become a become a member of the organization and what the organization is all about, what kind of organization it is. Mm -hmm. um, so what I'm getting from from this idea of engagement that you're talking about being plugged in with everybody in the organization is that you want to understand that as much as possible so that when you're going out there or or um, or or working with uh, the folks on your team as they go out there. They they might be great people, but if they're projecting just themselves as opposed to the organization, presenting just themselves as opposed to the organization, that those those potential new staff um, get a, um, you may, may, may be a skewed understanding or, or um, view of what the organization is that they might be joining. Yeah, you got to be really cognizant of the microcultures, you know, um, you know, you got to you got to know what, you know, for us, what a specific location is going to be like. Um, you know, your your brand isn't as as grandiose as my old organization. Um, you know, when you've got, you know, 36,000 employees and, you know, uh, 12 hospitals, 56 clinics, um, people understand what that is ahead of time before they're going in. When you're a small organization, they may not know that as well. And so you need to, um, through an intake with the leaders, ask the right questions to get you know, a handle of what that 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 individual location microculture could be. So that way you sell that or put them put the, the candidate in another location that accentuates what they're looking for or that team. Um, and so that's a, that I love doing that. I love getting in and asking those questions of those leaders of the staff. You know, mm -hmm. I'll ask the staff, um, why do you keep coming back here every day? Why do you like the employer, or the leader, the manager that you have? Um, so I'll ask those questions so then I can take those bits of information back mm -hmm. and relate them to the candidate so that way their, you know, uh, their excitement grows about working or, you know, potentially working at that location underneath that leader and working with that team. When you can layer all those things in there like that, it makes them accepting or, you know, saying yes to the deal that much easier. Well, they can relate. Also, they yeah. can relate to something. It's not just this this sort of vague blob of a, an idea of who's another place I'm going to go work for. It's you really understand what you're getting into. And it's it's not so much being as specific as possible, but just being able to paint a picture for the candidate to relate to. What? How has COVID and um, uh, has COVID been an impediment to that? <laughs> you knew the COVID question was coming. Yeah, yeah, Brent. Un unfortunately, COVID is um, immersed in my world like crazy, unfortunately, right now. I've got one location that uh, has about 30% of my staff out, whether directly with COVID or quarantine because of a, a close contact exposure inside the workplace or outside. Um, and actually, um, you know, we're lucky to hear good news today that one of our employees left the ICU yesterday and oh, is back and resting. Um, we've just had it um, just in spades lately. It's just uh, and, and not necessarily coming from work, but from the outside in. Um, and it's just impacted us, you know, and so, um, you know, we need as many, you know, being a small company, we need as many hands on deck as we can have. Uh, we can't afford to have the State Department of Health shutting us down 
because we have such a high volume of people at that location, you know, out of work. Um, you know, it's just a lot. And, you know, there's three of us in HR, myself, my director, and um, our HR manager uh, who does more of the employer relations. Um, th those two are working in tandem feverishly to maintain, you know, updates with the Department of Health, uh, leadership, the employees, so they know what they need to be doing. I'm going in and spot checking locations, making sure that we're going through compliance. Um, obviously, pulling people aside and having crucial conversations about why they need to wear their mask in certain places inside the locations, you know. And so we're we're bending and flexing from a recruitment standpoint. It's not hurting us at all. Um, mm. I'm still able to, you know, maintain engagement with candidates, keep leaders, you know, moving things forward with their open positions to, you know, continue to find those hires. Um, so from a, a process perspective, it's not hurting us at all. Um, it's just the inside, making sure that, you know, our staff is able to work and deliver and continue that quality of work so that our customers and our clients expect. What kind of uh, technologies are you using for uh, communication uh, with staff and, you know, at the various locations? And uh... well, they're they're a little old school here. Carrier pigeon tends to be the uh, the most prominent tool. <laughs> no, um, it's it's usually just corporate email, um, uh -huh. you know, and face to face conversation. Um, we're not uh, big into you know technology here. Um, you know, like we were talking about, you know, you and I've had some, you know, great conversations on the back channels. We just implemented um, some new tech text messaging, you know, technology for us to engage candidates. Um, and, uh, you know, I was a little worries, you know, worrisome about uh, what the adoption would be like from leaders in the organization. And um, once I showed them, you know, how it works and, you know, what we did on my other organization um, and how simple it could be. Mm -hmm. uh, they they gravitated towards it quite quickly. And then, you know, the question of cost comes into play. Uh -huh. And uh, we uh, we implemented Emissary, um, okay. which is really easy. They're easy, great guys to work with. Um, for us, it was, you know, a thousand bucks for one year mm -hmm. to implement text wow. messaging technology. And for us as a small organization, I don't need something as robust as, say, text recruit with iSIMS, which is going to cost you... 20 plus grand to mm -hmm. implement when we're a 350, you know, base employee company and I don't need to spend that kind of money. Um, I can use that towards other tools. And so emissary was a, you know, a great um, middle ground for us. It got us the accessibility that we needed. Um, I'm able to utilize the detail in, you know, covering myself for reporting purposes. Um, so it really covered a lot of bases for us. And it was simple. It was a couple of conversations, installing a Chrome extension and away we went. Wow. So that I mean, that's 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 super short money uh, yeah. for for something that's that's um, that's that's from what I gather has been a good quite a boon to your recruiting efforts. It's helped with efficiencies and all that. So yeah. a couple of things, you know, that's almost it's such a small organization that you work for uh, yeah. that. You know that that's sort of a collective decision there, but but theoretically, that's that's a, almost a um, you know sort of a line of business. Uh, uh, what we would say unilateral decision that could potentially be made in a, in a larger organization on right. getting a solution such as Emissary. What can you just describe a little bit more um, in terms of in terms of what how Emissary has has uh, made made your team more productive in terms of recruiting? 
Yeah, actually, I had a conversation about this yesterday with another vendor. Um, you know, I was talking with uh, the guys at ZipRecruiter, our account, you know, our account representative, and you know, he's you know talking to me. You know, he's pushing the the envelope, right? He, he's like, you know, you need to increase your job slots, and you know, you should really be you know doing the invite to apply. And I said, why would I invite them to apply through your technology when I'm already viewing their resumes and I see their name and email and phone number, and I can call them directly and send them a text message directly from me engaging them versus an invite via ZipRecruiter. Well, you know what, this, that, and the other, and it gives me his, his normal sales song and dance. And, you know, having been an HR tech vendor for 10 years prior to becoming a recruiter uh, and recruiting manager, I know those techniques. Yeah. And I can, it, it's hard to sell a salesman. It really is. And I, you know, all of my vendor partners, I always tell them, my guys, I've been on your side of the table. I did it for 10 years. So good luck. You know, but <laughs> I'm like, I'm looking for, for quality partners. You don't need to sell me. And they're usually pretty good about that. Um, but in this case, you know, for us utilizing that, that text messaging technology, what it does is when I'm looking at hiring diesel technicians, maintenance guys, they're not sitting on their email all day. No. They're not sitting on their phone all day. And so, you know, hitting them when it's convenient for them makes us easier to get a hold of, you know, when, when they've got time. And so a voicemail and a text message is a perfect complement to this demographic of candidates for us. Um, and so, you know, by utilizing our, our ATS, we use Dayforce, um, Ceridian. And I can click on that, you know, a record. I can implement their resume right in from whatever technology I'm pulling this resume from and through emissary, send a quick text message on a follow-up to a voicemail. It's super simple. I mean, I, I don't know the methods of our past recruiter, what they were utilizing to, to you know, engage, but we're seeing already a drastic increase in engagement from candidates. Even if it's just saying, hey, you know what, I already have a job, but thanks for letting me know about what NUS has. We're getting all of that information. We're able to retain those records, load them to their candidate file or pipelines for later on. Uh, we can tag those resumes for campaigns. There's so much accessibility we have in a really, really simple decision-making process for us on this one. I, I am really struggling to to see what the rationale would have been to add another, you know, another variable to the process with ZipRecruiter and and that's you know no knock against ZipRecruiter no. obviously yeah but but I mean you have Dayforce in, in place for the ATS and the emissaries obviously it's it's um it's somehow it's uh, integrated there so you're able to and yeah and you're right and that some demographics of um depending on the industry you're in right some mm -hmm. demographics it's going to be you're going to have a tough time getting them to a computer or to spend time doing something uh, through an app that they are not familiar with or they just don't want to be bothered with. Um, seems like this has been a real So that if I were to, there's a lot of takeaways here, but one would be, one distillation would be that there's, there's a, uh, there's, there's a, you can streamline engagement. If you can streamline the process, then your engagement will be. This is a better way of putting it. If you can streamline the process, your engagement will will rise. And going back to your philosophy of engagement being so so important. I mean, without that engagement level of engagement, they might, you know, 
their their job um, opportunities are not exactly you know scarce you know that you have competition out there it's not it's not like a like a maybe a white collar worker looking for some you know uh, a different type of of role where 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 that person where the candidate has to kind of show initiative and this sort of thing it's it's very much in the other the other direction yeah that's really interesting you know it's speaking with um um, uh, your friend Nicole Roberts over yeah. at MVAH Partners and my good buddy. <laughs> yeah, she's great. And um, and we did an HR tech chat with her. And it, it, there's 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 a loose analogy or a similarity here. So she has a situation where they have, I think it's seven thousand units across fifteen states of affordable housing that they manage, and so they have employees. So this isn't recruit. Well, excuse me. Yes, this is recruiting. So they have to recruit <laughs> for these these different locations, yep. and the, so they have this geographic sprawl anyway. Without without COVID nineteen happening, and so they need a way to make it as easy as possible for these candidates to 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 like you know, for instance, a, a screen interview or whatever. Yep. And so they what they did is they they. Um, they deployed a point solution for video interviewing Spark Hire yep. that that totally solved that that problem for them, and so they don't have to, you know, yeah, obviously high value um, uh, candidates who are already employed somewhere else trying to woo them over. You know, last thing you want to do is make them leave their job for a certain amount of time during the day to go to a location to do a face-to-face -face and even without COVID happening and now it's a necessity to do a virtual one now so all sorts of streamlining in uh, in how that can um, increase your 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 volume of hiring if, if you're growing too yeah. you were, i want to switch gears here sure um, um uh just because i'm looking at the time i want to make sure we have time to cover this is you also had something around employer culture um, that um, that you were implementing and in, an in, in initiative that's that's gained some traction already and I wanted to give you an opportunity to kind of share that because I'm curious uh, about what that exactly is all about yeah I mean you you obviously you know videos and culture videos and and video you know, advertising those types of things have been a staple for the bigger organizations for quite some time. They've got bigger budgets and, you know, bigger production, you know, accessibility, those types of things. And for somebody like us, it's just, it hasn't been a, a paramount idea. And so uh, we've got, you know, marketing um, agency that we partner with, you know, small group here in Minnesota. And, you know, I, I started talking with them about some of the things that we've been working on. You know, how do we better promote us? Because I need the promotion of NUS to generate applications and candidates you know and while we're talking about that you know the idea of promotional videos came up and i said so why aren't we doing ones when it comes to employment you know we need to show you know why people should come work to, you know for us you know show diversity you know we're we're trucking right mm. and so we're predominantly crotchety old white dudes for lack of a better way of putting it right. um, you know, but we have diversity. And you know, one, of the, one of the big points of pride for us is that we're a back-to-back -back Department of Labor um, Higher Vets Gold Medallion Award winner. We're the only transportation company to receive that award from the Department of Labor. And that's huge for us. Um, you know, we take pride in employing and retaining uh, our military veterans. And so 
why are we talking about it? You know, and, and so that was a point of discussion. Why are we doing a video about why folks that are, are coming out of the military should come work for NOS? You know, what about other folks in other areas? Um, you know, your diversity areas. You know, Minneapolis has a large Somalian Hmong community. Where's our, 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 our marketing, our culture videos regarding those groups coming to work for NOS? Mm. And resounding leaders are like, yeah, you're right. We haven't done that. We need to do more of that. And mm -hmm. so um, we were going to meet uh, the other day and I had to, you know, uh, push it back because of uh, meeting with one of the VPs. And, you know, we sat and we talked about all of these ideas of, you know, what kinds of videos we want to produce and started to put together, you know, location ideas and staff that would be involved mm -hmm. and how we could layer in all of these different aspects. And you could just see him just turning the light bulb. He's like, yeah, yeah, he's getting excited about the entire thing. And in the end, I said, okay, you know, the next step is to start mocking up where the intersection of content is going to be because I want to keep it, you know, as as inexpensive as possible, but get maximum value out of it. And I said, so when do you, where do you want me to bring you back into the conversation? He goes, you've got exactly what you need. Mm. Run with it. He goes, when, when you when you feel that you need me to to look at something, send it to me. But until then, go. So wow. I've got the buy in that easily. And the marketing, uh, our marketing duo, uh, we're going to you know reconnect in a week and a half. And we're going to start on this project in two weeks. Start mm -hmm. you know working with the video videographer, start you know looking at our casting, bring in, you know, look at wardrobe and makeup, look at lo our locations we're going to work on all of this literally out of two conversations. Um, <laughs> I, I love it. I mean, my old organization, it would have taken three months to get this far. You know, so when we talked earlier about how small or how certain things can can really impact and, and cause issue, and certain things in a big organization won't, in this case, this is a big piece, right? Mm. And it got quick adoption. Yeah. And quick yeah. embraced by the leadership. So I, I, I love it. You know, it's it. I feed off that stuff. That's fantastic. I mean, congratulations. I mean, that's 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 a vote of confidence, and and it is interesting, like you say, uh, that 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 initiative. So, let me put this. So, things that happen that are small that might not be good for the organization, uh, just you know, inadvertently, get noticed quickly. In, in in a small organization and and sort of tamped tamped down or or stopped before they become an issue, which is great. And also large initiatives uh, that have the potential to 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 really make a difference for the organization and amplify its already close knit positive employer culture. Those those things because of the agility of the small organization, those those can can um, be. Um, uh, those can be implemented, can be ideated, and then actually implemented uh, very quickly. There's very little sort of ramp up time, and that you know, and, and, and you're right. This this all has to do with the size of the organization. I mean, there's this is a little bit of of a tangent, but you know, there, and 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 I'm not an MBA guy, but I'm sure there's, you know, <laughs> but but you know, I don't even have my degree yet, Brent. 
I'm, I'm, I'm over 20 years into my career and I don't have my degree. I use it actually when I talk to the 30 you know, plus colleges I visit every year. They're like, hey, what kind of degree do you have? I'm like, I don't. I haven't even finished it yet. <laughs> um, but yeah, you know, it's it doesn't take a lot. You know, it doesn't take the MBAs to pick up on some of these things. Yeah. Yeah. And and, and you know what? I, uh, that's another conversation. I mean, I, I've heard from probably fi- just as many people have told me, yeah, you need your MBA. And just as many people said, no, don't get an MBA. So I, I don't even know what to think. I, I'm not going for another degree at this point, though. <laughs> I'm through with that. But, I got to finish uh, the first one. <laughs> yeah, I was. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I got. Um, yeah, I. I wish I hadn't got one <laughs> sometimes, but I'm being serious. Um, but anyways, it's this idea, but um, there must be case studies out there though. I know there are, I've heard about it. I've heard about them on the periphery of this idea where, where larger organizations can become more agile and act like smaller organizations in some ways. And this is a bit of a, of a tangent, but it, it would be worth looking into. I think, you know, th- I mean, when you really think about it, this is, this we're getting into sort of a, a boiling the ocean change management conversation right now. Mm-hmm. Um, digital transformation as well. Now, in terms of the those those videos, I, I know we need to wind down here, um, sure. but but I'm curious in terms of the videos. I mean, are you just uh, are you folks just going to kind of use off the shelf stuff like your, your smartphones and YouTube and this sort of thing, which, you know, there's nothing wrong with that. Are you or are you looking at some sort of a platform to do this with? Well, um, we're still in the discovery mode of, of how we're going to deploy it. Um, you know, a lot of it's going to be, you know, website based, but, you know, I'm going to multipurpose things for things like, um, you know, mobile accessibility for, you know, on the career pages. Um, you know, for Facebook, YouTube, um, because we know that different audiences digest that information, although that content in different ways. Um, and the marketing duo and I, I've already seen that. I've already kind of eyeballed, uh, you know, how we're going to look at that. But it's going to be, you know, partnering with um, those in the production side on on working with us to to accentuate that. Um, you know, we're obviously going high volume, we're, you know, or high quality, we're going 4k cameras and, you know, we're using drone footage and that kind of stuff already. We already know we have some of that already in the can. Um, and so it's just going to be continuing to use that, um, because, you know, I, I, I don't know if I'm going to get another bucket of, of funds like this to do this again, you know, for the foreseeable future. So it's going to be, you know, being very thoughtful right out of the gate. Um, and, you know, looking at the different elements and how do we do this the right way the first time? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, one area that we haven't touched on, which is, which is, which is very exciting and that is compliance. <laughs> and, and I, you know, I, 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 I almost am not sure if, if, if I want to have this as our, as our last topic for today, but, but, but there probably is. <laughs> Leave it to lawyers. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you know, working for a trucking company, right, uh, in, in hiring for that, there must be like a huge ball of wax compliance wise that you're dealing with. Uh, we keep it really simple. You know, obviously we do the, you know, the normal background checks, the DOT checks. You know, we've got random drug tests when if somebody's a driver, you know, those elements. Um, now, lucky for me, as the town acquisition manager, once they're hired, they all get pushed over to this other bucket, you know, over to my employee relations manager, who is Megan. She takes it from there. I don't have to, I'm the puppies and rainbows guy. I'm the one that <laughs> birthed the careers. Um, 
you know, but granted, as only there are only three of us in HR, I know I've got to keep my eye on it and make sure that I'm I'm, you know, being very cognizant of the staff that I bring in, you know, and, and their perception of what these, you know, compliance, you know, regulations are like. Um, so that way they stay on the up and up with us and we don't have to worry about it. Um, but yeah, we do have to make sure that we're we're compliant with these things and, and safety protocols and all that because of you know these trucks going on to you know large uh, construction projects or mining projects. You know we need to make sure that we're adhering to these things. The trainings are state you know are, are kept updated by our technicians. You know so yeah we you know we we focus on that. Um, we do a lot behind the scenes away from the employees um, so that way they can focus on doing the job and we maintain that compliance and then when um, things need to come up. We, you know, share that information and make sure that they're given enough time to complete it so we stay compliant. Um, but yeah, we're we're very thorough, and you know, the the good thing about that for us is it starts with our director, um, my boss Joe. He came from Burlington Northern Railroad. He knew a lot of that same compliance from his previous industry. And how do we make it easy uh, for our staff and our leadership to to manage and deal with um, by focusing that through him? So it works out well. Fantastic. Great. That's great. Hey, thanks for joining us today. Josh. Totally. Thanks for having me. Yeah. 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 And um, and I know you have a, uh, a uh, your son is doing a hockey tournament this weekend. So good luck with that. Have thanks. fun. Yeah, that's fun. It's fun watching. You know, we obviously we all work hard, play hard. It's fun to, you know, put it through the kids and uh, watch them excel in the activities that they have fun with. So it'll be a blast. He's uh. It's his first road tournament, so he's really excited. Fantastic. Well, I hope I hope they do really well. I hope they win all the games. <laughs> Thanks, Brent. I'll, I'll awesome. share that with him when I when I see him here in a little bit. Yeah. Great. Well, have a great weekend, Josh, and uh, we'll talk again with you soon. You got it. Take care. Fantastic. Bye bye.